Good morning, One Hope. It's February 6, 2024, and our passage for today is Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 19. We're going to start the book of Jeremiah today, and as we do so, I have a bit of worry for us. Jeremiah has 52 chapters, and it's a long book. Yes, Isaiah has 66 chapters, more chapters than Jeremiah. But in actual length, Jeremiah is actually longer than Isaiah. What about the book of Psalms? It has 150 chapters, does it not? Yes, it does. But in actual word count, Jeremiah has more words than the book of Psalms. So Jeremiah is the longest book in the Bible. And my worry is actually for our men's QT sharing group, group that began somewhat recently. They're still new at this, going through the entire book of the Bible, and I feel like it may not be easy for them to go through such a long book. And not only is this book long, but it's also a prophetic book. So it may not be easy to understand the book as well. So as I, that's the reason why we did another shorter New Testament book last week, the book of Colossians, to help our QT sharing groups. But then I remembered the book of Numbers that we did together and how a group of our college students at One Hope went through this book together for the first time and had a breakthrough. It wasn't easy, but by the end of it, as they read through the chapter together, listened to the podcast, met online weekly through Zoom meetings, and at the end of it, some of them were saying, wow, I didn't even know there were these things in the Bible, and how they shared um, how much of a blessing it was for them to go through one entire book together in that way. So, with a bit of worry, I also begin this book with a sense of anticipation because the same will happen for our men's group as well. But still, I do want to give you one tip that will help you as you read through this book and do your quiet time. And it's this. Don't try to force your application in your reading. Some chapters, if there isn't anything that comes to you personally, don't try to force it, but just read through it. Try to understand what the chapter is saying and what God is saying, and just move on. That's okay, because you have five other chapters you can go through in each week. So in entirely, in entirety, you'll go through six chapters per week. So if one day, one of the chapters, you know, you don't really seem to get anything personal, that's okay. Just hear what others have received in your sharing group and just be blessed by it. There will come a chapter where you will also hear from God personally. Let's go to the structure of this book. The book can be divided into four parts. Jeremiah chapter 1, which we're looking at, is about the call of Jeremiah. And then Jeremiah chapter 2 to 45, these are words of prophecy to Judah. And then 46 to 51, prophecies given to the Gentiles. And then the book ends in chapter 52 with the historic 
conclusion. It's also important to remember and keep the background, key background information in your mind as you go through this book. Let me just summarize this for you. The period in which this book of Jeremiah was written or he served as a prophet, in short, was a dark period in the history of Judah, the southern kingdom of Judah. The northern kingdom of Judah, if you remember, is already long gone as the Assyrians destroyed it about 100 years, 100 years ago. However, now the Assyrian Empire is waning in its power. And as a result of it, Egypt takes control of Judah again. But at the same time, a new empire, the Babylonians, are on the rise. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, actually destroys Nineveh in 621 B.C. And his son, Nebuchadnezzar, in 605 B.C., fight against the alliance of Egyptians and the Assyrians and wins the war. And with this war now, the Babylonians become the dominant power in the ancient Near East. But the king of Judah, the last king of Judah, Zedekiah, take the pro-Egypt stance. And as a result of it, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, actually comes and destroys Jerusalem in 586 B.C. So the period in which Jeremiah served as a prophet of God, it all, all these things happened while Jeremiah was serving as God's prophet. And you'll read throughout this book that Jeremiah keeps saying, Surrender to the Babylonians. That's what God has planned to do. Surrender to them. In 70 years, God will bring you back. So don't fight the Babylonians, but surrender. But what the last kings of Judah do is they look, keep looking to Egypt, and the people of Judah keep looking to Egypt, thinking that Egypt will help them. And ultimately, because of that, they're destroyed. Of course, it's not just because of that. It's because of their sinfulness. But in the midst of that and the words that Jeremiah was giving to them, they kept looking to Egypt against what God tells them to do. Jeremiah, this book, begins by saying the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests of Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. That's verse 1. You see, prophet is someone who speaks. And that's why this book begins by saying the words of Jeremiah. But throughout chapter 1, what we see is that even before Jeremiah spoke, there was something else that came first. And what came first was the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Verse 2, the word of the Lord came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. Verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I, appoint, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. The word of the Lord came 
and gave Jeremiah the calling of God. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 6. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. Jeremiah refuses the call of God. The reason, I am too young. And he's actually talking about his age. It seemed like he was really too young to be a prophet of God. But what the Lord, again, says to Jeremiah is, do not say I am too young. Change your words, God says to Jeremiah. We talk, we've been talking about the theme of our words once again. We see here, perhaps God is calling some of you once again to change your words from, I cannot do this to, yes, I can, if that's what God has called me to do. Verse 9, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plan. And God says, well, you're too young. You don't have words to say. You don't know how to say it, what to say. That's okay. I have put my words in your mouth. You simply have to deliver my words. And then verse 11 the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah again. What do you see, Jeremiah? He says, I see the branch of an almond tree. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Well, the word almond tree and the word to see phonetically sound very similar. So by showing the picture or showing this almond tree, God is actually saying something here. Almond tree is also the tree that buds the first, um, is the first tree to bud in the springtime. So what God is saying is, I am watching over to see that when I might actually um, bring judgment upon Judah. So in this chapter, the calling of Jeremiah, even before Jeremiah speaks, God calls him first. And by calling him, God stops him from, uh, God uh, speaks to him, and he shows Jeremiah that he has a calling from God. When I look around, I see three groups of people. People, first group, is a people who simply flow through life tossed and carried by the waves of life and situation, and they just float along. The second group of people I see is a group of people who follow the desires that they have within them. This is what I tell my daughters. I tell them, you know, there is a desire in you, and whatever that desire is, follow that desire. And do what your heart desires, as long as it's not sinful before God. Whatever it is, it's okay. And I even tell them, if it means that you don't end up going to college, university, that's fine. As long as that's your desire that you know you have within you. But then I tell them one more thing, because there's a third group of people. 
What I tell them is this. Yes, follow your desire, but try to do, but try to find something you have a desire for, but also make sure that your desire is what God has called you to do. Try to find something where the two meet. Because when you find something where you have a desire for, but at the same time you know that's what God has called you to do, all I can say is, world, watch out. My daughters are coming. Because when you have the two and the two meet and that becomes your life, you become someone great for the Lord. And that's what I encourage my daughters to do. Because I want them to be the third group of people, people who find God's calling in their life. And I tell them this because I have found it. I have found it. And I want them to become this group of people for them. A group of people, sorry, who, who not only live according to the deep desires in their heart, but they know that this desire is from the Lord, and therefore they're doing something that God has called them to do. Because as I continue to experience this blessed life, when you do something where you know that's what God has called you to do, sometimes now, more and more, my desires is not even an issue anymore. What I get is deeper sense of peace and contentment, certainty and satisfaction because I'm in the plan of God and I'm in the will of God. So as we begin this long book, here's our first takeaway. We all have a calling. We all have a calling from God. So live your life with a sense of calling in the now. You might think, well, I don't think I'm in that calling right now. And what I'm doing doesn't make really relate to, I don't think, the calling of God. Well, there is a way in which you can find, eventually get to the calling of God. If you live your life right now, wherever you are, whatever it is that you are, to, you are doing, if you're doing it, and if you do it with a sense of calling, that is, well, in this place, in this moment, this is what God has placed me in and called me to do, and endure through it, and do it unto the Lord, and you will find the calling of God that he has for you. Because he will not just keep you there if you're faithful to him in that way. So let's live our life with a sense of calling. It's not easy. It's difficult. Jeremiah's calling in life was not easy. He preached the message of God, but they refused to hear. Not only that, they persecuted him. He almost died because of the message that he had to share. God told them specifically, don't even get married. So he couldn't get and didn't get married. And he lived this life. And yet, when you read through this book, you'll see that Jeremiah keeps saying, but I cannot help but go out and preach this message because this is burning in my heart. And he lived out this calling that God had given to him. So let's live out the calling that God has given to us faithfully this week, wherever you are. In Jesus' name, amen.